You're listening to Simply Healthy, a podcast by Southern New Hampshire Health. Colorectal screening tests can find cancer early when treatment works best. Here to talk with us about colorectal screening options is Dr. John V. Flannery Jr. from Southern New Hampshire Health. Dr. Flannery, thank you for your time. So why are colorectal screening tests so important? Well, colorectal, you know, colon cancer is the second leading cancer killer in the United States. And, you know, if detected early, um, most of those cancers can be cured. So um, we highly recommend uh, regular screening. Um, there's a variety of options, but, you know, early detection is uh, usually leads to a cure. Early detection is so important. And as we like to say, you're not allowed to get this cancer because the detection works so well. Isn't that right? Correct. Absolutely correct. So, Dr. Flannery, what are the current screening guidelines we should be following right now? So the recommended age for to begin screening for colon cancer is uh, age 50, and the average risk individual meaning there's no family history of colon cancer, no immediate relatives like a sibling or a parent. Uh, that being said, the uh, as you may be aware, the American Cancer Society just came out with a recommendation to start screening at age 45, and the rationale behind that is because we are uh detecting and seeing colon cancer in uh, patients younger than 50. Um, so that kind of muddies the water a little bit. Well, is it the age recommended age for 45 versus 50? And my answer to that would be, you know, the gold standard is still age 50. The American Cancer Society is just one society who makes recommendations for screening. And thus far, the American Society of Colon and Rectal Surgeons, the American College of Surgeons, uh, the American College of Gastroenterology have not yet changed the recommendation to 45. And when you look at these recommendations given by any society, they have different uh, grades or ranks, if you will. So anywhere from, you know, suggested, recommended, strongly recommended, highly recommended, et cetera. And if you look at those uh, American Cancer Society guidelines, they call that a qualified recommendation. So they're recommending it, but it still doesn't bear their highest ranking recommendation, which is a strong recommendation. Their strong recommendation still is at age 50. So at this point in time, my answer would be the gold standard is still to start screening at age 50, uh, with the caveat being that other societies down the road may be changing that recommendation, and there may be a a universal recommendation to start at age 45 uh, at some point in the near future. Are there people with certain risk factors that should be screened earlier? Sure. Patients with a family history of colon cancer, especially first-degree relative, which means like a parent or sibling who have um, uh, colon cancer, then the recommended uh, guideline for that is basically you have a colonoscopy five years prior to when they were diagnosed. So, for example, if you have a sibling who had colon cancer at age 35, your screening should start at age 30. So earlier you mentioned finding polyps. If a polyp is found, that doesn't necessarily mean you have cancer. Is that right? Correct. There are different types of polyps. Some of them would never become a camper a cancer, for example, hyperplastic polyps or benign polyps that never evolve into a cancer. Um, adenomatous polyps are uh, precancerous polyps that, um, if in the colon left and were not removed, ultimately would go on to become a cancer. And there's subtypes of those polyps as well, some of which are more aggressive than others. But yes, there's, there's a variety of different polyps, and some of which can certainly go on to become cancers. Is it a fairly easy process to remove the polyps if found? So there are a couple of techniques we have, but in general, yes, unless the polyps are really large uh, or, you know, involving a significant amount circumferentially of of the colon, then sometimes those actually require an operation to remove them. But for the most part, small polyps can either be 
kind of cherry-picked with a snare forceps, or we can lasso them with a snare and remove them. Um, we could also raise them with saline and then remove them with a snare. So we have a variety of options. But in general, for most pops, they can remove the clonoscope and they do not require surgery. And Dr. Flannery, are there any symptoms that we should be aware of? So in general, most polyps are asymptomatic. Unless they become really large, then they can bleed and the patient will notice some bleeding. But typically, polyps do not cause pain, which is another reason that we recommend early detection because most polyps don't have any symptoms at all. So um, uh, that's another reason for, for having a colonoscopy at the appropriate age uh, at the recommended screening level because they typically don't become symptomatic until they're large or go on to form a cancer. Dr. Flannery, the colonoscopy is the gold standard of screening, but there are different options today. Can you cover the options that are available right now? Sure. There's um, occult testing for blood in the stool. Um, there's a couple of techniques for that. One is, is, is a guaiac test, which basically looks for occult blood in the stool, and that involves three stool samples uh, looking for occult blood, occult blood, which means hidden blood. There's also a more sophisticated form of that, which is immunological fecal occult blood testing, which is IFBOT, which just involves one sample. Um, there's something that uh, you may have seen in the media called Cologuard, where a stool sample is sent off and analyzed in the lab, and they actually look for polyp DNA. And if that comes back um, positive, or any of these tests come back positive, then, then a colonoscopy is indicated. Um, but uh, those are the two most common, or three most common. There's also a CT colonography, which is a CAT scan, which um, can detect polyps uh, uh, in, the, in the colon. Um, but that is, you know, uh, it varies on the radiologist reading it. Some radiologists are very good at that, but it, it depends on the institution and how good the radiologists are um, with reading, reading those. So the results of that are somewhat variable. And again, if that comes back positive for a polyp, then the patient would require a colonoscopy. So if someone doesn't want to go through a colonoscopy, they can choose the Cologuard uh, process, Correct. which, as you mentioned, you can see on TV. If somebody listening to this says, you know, I don't want to go in and have this done. I just want to do the Cologuard thing. Someone can do that on their own? Uh, well, you need a, a doctor's order for it, but yes, it could be done. And then, you know, uh, typically the DNA test is recommended. There's no hard guidelines, but most patients, most uh, physicians would agree every three years if that's the route you're going to go. Um, but you would require an order from a physician to get the test. It's not something you can just go online and buy on your own. And is there a difference in the efficacy of these options? I mean, they're all pretty sensitive, but again, there's always a false negative rate. Um, and again, you know, even with a colonoscopy, though, that's the gold standard. A polyp can always be missed, you know, if it's small, flat, less than one centimeter in size. There's about a 5% chance of it being missed. Um, so no test is perfect, but, you know, in general, all these uh, are, are, are sensitive for um, for detecting polyps and or cancers and, and are sensitive enough to, to appropriate them to be recommended for um, screening, screening techniques. So with these new options for people that don't want to get the screening because they hear the PrEP alone is daunting, I mean, there really is no reason now to not get screened. Is that right? Because it is so important. Correct. I think, you know, Certainly, there's you know potential complications with the colonoscopy, and if patients are leery of undergoing the procedure procedure because they don't want to do the prep or you know for whatever personal reason they don't want to do it, there are certainly other backup options, and there's absolutely no reason that everyone shouldn't get, get shouldn't get screened at the appropriate age and avoid you know developing a cancer. Dr. Flannery, we talked about how the colonoscopy is the gold standard. Can you describe that process because I still hear a lot of people talking about the prep and I don't want to go through with it and can you talk about it? It really isn't that bad, right? Sure. I mean, you know, the prep, there are a variety of preps, and, you know, 
most people that are, are leery of undergoing have, have had the, the you know, high-volume prep, which is a, a fair bit of fluid to drink. But there are some newer preps out that are much smaller in volume, and the key to them is you just have to drink a lot of fluids to flush everything out. Um, but most patients tolerate the prep fairly well. I give an anti-nausea medicine with the prep just in case some patients have some nausea associated with that. Um, but there's a variety of preps that can be done. You know, I'll be honest, none of them taste very great, but um, most patients are able to tolerate it, especially if you have some nausea and you give them a, a nausea medicine. They can do the prep, which is done the day before typically. And then you come in for the procedure. Um, most patients are sedated in one form or another for the procedure um, and, you know, take it easy the rest of the day. And the next day after the procedure, you're back to your normal routine. It's actually pretty easy. And the prep is a lot better than going through chemo. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. And lastly, Dr. Flannery, is there anything else we should know about colorectal screenings? Uh, you know, I, I think we've hit on all the high points. It's just important to get it done because you can avoid yourself, you know, developing a cancer, having to undergo surgery, and, you know, potentially having to undergo chemotherapy. Um, so this is one of the, uh, you know, slam dunks in terms of, of, of screening for diseases that, that every patient should, should undergo. That's a great way to put it. Well, Dr. Flannery, thank you so much for your time today. For more information on colorectal screenings, please visit snhhealth.org. That's snhhealth.org. This is Simply Healthy, a podcast by Southern New Hampshire Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.